0: Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, the podcast that shares ideas, perspectives and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader. Hey, welcome back to the Inspiring Leaders podcast. I'm your host and executive coach, Terry Lepofsky. It is really good to be back with you guys again. And uh, I've been looking forward to this, our very first LinkedIn live streaming event. So as some of you guys may recall, this podcast started about four years ago, a little over four years ago. We had the intent of showcasing some great people from around the world that would help our audience become more inspiring leaders. Now, this was an audio podcast, and people have been listening to this on, oh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Stitcher, and uh, TuneIn Radio. But earlier this month, and after this horrible pandemic that we've all been through, uh, we made the decision to actually change things up a little bit and to go into video. And um, that actually started a couple of weeks back. We went live streaming on YouTube, and I invited on a great guest by the name of Carl Pauline. Carl Pauline is a productivity guru from Seoul, South Korea. And he has completely rethought the way productivity works. So if you missed that episode, make sure that you tune in and check that one out because uh, you will thank yourself tomorrow for having watched that one or listen to it. If you want to watch or listen to it, you can head over to my website at executivecoaches.ca slash podcast. That's executivecoaches.ca slash podcast. So for today, for the very first time, we're live streaming on LinkedIn and it is really cool to be doing this. So, um, I wanted to invite somebody on to the show, somebody special, somebody that I get along with well, somebody that we interviewed a long time ago. It was over four years ago. And what we did was we interviewed this guy because, uh, not long before that he had started his 15th company, his 15th company. And I thought, who starts 15 companies This guy is something special. There's something about what he's doing that is really something different. So he caught my attention, invited him on the show. We had a fantastic chat. It has always been one of our top rated podcast episodes. And I thought to myself, you know what? It's 2021. We've all emerged from, or we are emerging from the global pandemic. And I started to hear rumors that this guy has not started his 16th, but his 17th new company. And he's in the process of getting it up and running. So I figured, you know what? It is time. We need to bring this guy on board. We need to make sure that we're having a chat with this guy. So folks, if you're watching this live on LinkedIn, please hit the like button, hit the applause button, and help me welcome to the show, Mr. Steve Cody. Steve Cody. Welcome aboard, my friend. Good to see you again. Hey Terry, how are you? Thanks for having me on. I'm doing great. I hope everything's good over at your place. You guys are all uh safe and healthy over there taking care of things? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But- I mean it's
1: it's it's been a crazy year and a half, but you know, when we look at it, you look at the position some other people are in, we're pretty fortunate, right? So it could be a lot worse, no doubt about it.
0: It's true. It is very true. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I think we've been doing well here in Canada. Uh, it's nice to see. Um, it. It breaks my heart to drive around town and see so many signs torn yeah. down and and you know boards up in the windows and the rest of it. Uh, but I I have faith that we're going to be pulling through this that we're going to come together as a community, take care of people. And um, and that's actually going to be part of our conversation today, is the taking care of people, because you seem to have a knack for this. You seem to be finding ways of helping people out, uh, building new things, doing new things. Before we get going, you know our tradition, or maybe your memory isn't as good as mine, but four years ago I asked you a question, and I want to ask you the same question again today. Who or what inspires or drives Steve Cody? Where do you get your inspiration from?
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know what I said last time, so I'm not sure that it's going to be the same, but you know, if I could answer both, I would say who would be like somebody like Richard Branson as an entrepreneur. Um, and you know, what inspires me? I don't like, I, I just kind of like solving my own problems. You know, if something, uh, You know, if I can't get the car clean and my wife's always mad at me because I can't, don't have time to go get it detailed. It's like, why not just start like my own mobile auto detailing company, right? You can solve the problem. So anyways, that's kind of, there's no grand plan. It's just, you know, we're doing bunking now. It's the same thing. We're just, I'm solving, I'm solving my own problem. (laughs) So...
0: You know, I I have to, you you just reminded me of a story that you told me four years ago when we did the audio show. Um, You were telling me that uh, you and your wife went into a a Halloween store and you were looking around at how busy it was, these little stores that pop up around Halloween and people all go in and they buy their costumes and, and uh, decorations and all this kind of stuff. And you were in there with your wife and you were looking around at all these people. And then you turned to her and you said, Nancy, We're in the Halloween business.
1: (laughs) Yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah. The first spirit store was in Ottawa on Carling Avenue, and we had five kids, big car driving by, and all this excitement and these, you know, the big spirit Halloween sign. It was the old Canadian Tire building, and anyways, we said, "Let's go in, check it out." Went in, and and I knew nothing about the Halloween business. I'd never been in a Halloween store. But man, it was like magical, all these noises and all these people. And <laughs> yeah, when we, when we got back in the car, we were getting in the Halloween business. That became Monster Halloween. So yeah, it was right. a lot of
0: fun. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we, uh, as it says on our screen down here, Steve, we're we're here to talk about this uh, this topic of entrepreneurial spirit. And I wanted to get somebody who really knew what they were talking about with entrepreneurial spirit. You've got 17 degrees in this topic right? You've, you've got your PhD 17 times over in this one. Uh, been there, done that. And literally, I'm sure you've got a closet full of t-shirts on this, right? Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> everything from, you know, spirit costumes to, uh, yeah. uh, the better software company and, uh, uh, and Rockify, And now the latest one, is you already mentioned, uh, bunking. So, um, without getting into too many details, I know I've got to be a little careful about, diving into the details and asking you too much because you're still in the process of getting this up and running. And there's, you know, we don't want to just open the floodgates on the information here, but, um, the way I see things, I see two different kinds of people. When it comes to entrepreneurship, there's two different kinds of people in this world. And, um, there are those people who say that there are two kinds of people in the world. And there are those kinds of people who don't. No, I'm just kidding. Um, What I'm talking about is uh, there are those people in the world who tend to just sort of um, accept everything for status quo, right? They drive down the street and they think, okay, the road has to be made of asphalt and there's a light up there that's going to turn red or green. And, uh, there's concrete curbs on the sidewalk and that's where the big buildings are. And that's where business happens. And that's where the houses are. And they just sort of accept things the way that they are. You're not that guy. It seems to me, and this is just my perception of you is that you have this knack for being able to question everything that you see around you, everything that people take for granted, everything that people think, you know what, that's just the way it is. You think, it doesn't have to be that way. Talk to me about this. How is it that you look at things and see things differently that you've got 17 startups under your belt and I don't, and, and most of our listeners do not as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not, not looking at things saying, you know, it's gotta be done differently. It's just looking at something and saying, I think I can do it better. Um, and that's, you know, just if, if I'm not happy with something, probably other people aren't happy with something and you know it's not like trying to create hobbies so you want to make sure that you know whatever you're going to do people are going to actually pay you money to to have that service provided to them Uh, so that's kind of one of the first rules in terms of anything we do otherwise everything would be like hobbies Um, yeah so it's literally uh, you know and I can get into the example of bunking and I can tell you how the just how the problem came up is well, I, I knew my next startup, uh, when I heard about Starlink. So have you heard about Starlink, Elon Musk and the whole Starlink network is putting all the satellites in the air and right, going yeah. totally connected by 2025. So, and when I, I heard this, it was, I don't know, late last year and I thought, oh my God, I said, the next business I do has to follow Starlink. Like why not follow Elon Musk? Had no idea what the business would be. Um, and then my son and daughter, uh, couple of months back, they wanted to go to Tofino, uh, to live for three months, surf and work. Right. So if you know where Tofino is, it's on the west coast of BC. You can, you know, learn how to surf and everything. One problem, 6,000 a month to rent an Airbnb in Tofino. So, you know, one's 23, one's 26, they could not afford 6,000. So I said, look, I said, well, why don't you rent the place? Um, and then. Uh, Go to like Kijiji or Craigslist or whatever, and you know, see if you can get people living with you. And then the problem was, well, you know, like, how do we know who's gonna live with us? Like, maybe they're gonna be criminals, maybe they're not gonna pay. So then there's all these questions. And then we started thinking, well, we just built Ruckify. And when you sign up to Ruckify, I don't know how many people know, but you know, right away when you sign up, we're doing a criminal background check, we're doing a credit check. We're, we're establishing a trust score. We know if you have a burner phone, how long you've had your social media accounts. So we started to think, man, it would be cool like if there was, like, if there was a platform that we could go to where we could actually check this before people moved in with us. So that was kind of the first thing. Second thing was, my daughter loves TikTok and she's like, well, if we're going to do this and I want to live with all people that love TikTok because I want it to be like collaborative living. And my son's a product manager and he's saying, well, no, I want to live with product managers. I want to, I want to either learn or I want to mentor because they're not going to the office anymore. So then it became, you know, kind of living with like-minded people. So bunking, we, we ended up creating bunking to solve this problem so that they could go to Tofino and they could have people live with them, have background checks done, have credit checks done all instantaneously. So anyways, that's kind of a little bit of rambling, but yeah.
0: I don't think it's rambling at all. It sounds to me like when you, when you bump up against, um, a problem or run over a, sp- a proverbial speed bump, immediately your mind goes to how could this be different? Yeah. So I mentioned that I see the, the two different types of people when it comes to this topic of, of, uh, being entrepreneurial. Um, have, or maybe not half, but a bunch of people out there, they just tend to accept everything the way that it is. And I think as time goes by, more people are like that. We don't have enough people questioning things, but in, in my discussions with, uh, venture capitalists, investors, one of the things I hear often, Steve, is they say big ideas are a dime a dozen. Everybody seems to have a big idea. So the other side of this coin of people taking everything for granted is there are a lot of other people out there who do see problems as opportunities and they do come up with some really great ideas for how to solve world hunger or, you know, make the world green again, all this good stuff. Um, And they're coming up with ideas, but the, the, the problem is they're not going far enough with it. They're taking these big ideas to somebody and saying, we need all of your cash. We need you to, your investment. We need you to get involved. Um, and these VCs and these investors are saying, you know what? We want to see somebody who's actually taken their idea beyond just an idea. We want to see somebody who's taken an idea, thought it through deeply enough to create a vision and a mission, to operationalize it, to create a plan. Now you and I were chatting just before we hit the record button and I was, I was sharing with you a story that I heard about you and that was, um, you know, one of your previous ventures, you were instrumental in figuring out how do I make this work? What are we going to need in other cities if we're going to build this concept out? We're going to need these people on board. We're going to need that kind of person with boots on the ground. We're going to need this type of a workflow before we can get that momentum moving that will get this whole thing started in other centers. So this is another thing that if you're okay with it, I'd love for you to expand on this. How do you take a big idea like so many of us do have and turn that into something that can grow, something that can gain momentum.
1: Yeah, well, I like like the word you're using momentum. Uh, And I think, you know, every time we like, there's always a, a, a big vision, right? But it's like there's a gap between starting and the big vision. There's a lot of things that need to be figured out in between. Um, and I, I, mean, I can take, uh, we're doing bunking and we're doing bunking ventures. So maybe bunking ventures. So bunking ventures is, uh, where we do joint venture opportunities and buy real estate so that people can bunk, uh, in, in, in that real estate. Right. So we have the supply. I, I I've never done real estate investing. Uh, don't know what the KPIs are. There's a lot, I don't know. Um. And the way I really kind of get, I I know where I want to be at the end of the day is we want to own entire buildings that offer shared living accommodations, and we want to do it with partners. But, I, you know, I don't know the the, just the simplest little things to kind of get it started. So it's activity equals momentum, and momentum will equal opportunities. Uh, So for me, it's just about posting on LinkedIn, posting on Facebook. I want to connect with mortgage brokers. I want to connect with anybody in real estate. And it's literally just having conversations. And it's that, it just, that—that that is activity, right? And then activity, you'll talk to a person, that person will say, oh, you should talk to this person, or you should talk to that person, or, or they may like a post that you do. Two people may like a post that you do. So now you're creating momentum. And once you've started creating momentum, I think that, and then you start creating opportunity. So that's, and then, and then you start finding ways to just kind of make it happen, to get to that bigger vision along the way. Does that, does that make
0: sense? It makes perfect sense, but it begs the question, do you ever lose steam? Do you ever, do you ever think, you know what, there's just so much going on. There's, this is such a big hill to climb to pardon another metaphor from an old climber yeah. to yeah. this hill is too steep and every step forward, I seem to slide three steps backwards. You ever, have you ever started something and then just walked away from it?
1: No, uh, no, I've, <laughs> I've never walked away from it. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. Well, have I lost steam? Absolutely. Uh, but I mean, the old, you, you, you just, I think the older you get, the more you just realize you're going to lose steam. So, Uh, You know, if I get in a kind of in a funk or in a bad spot, I'll, I'll either go for a long walk or I'll go for a long drive. Like for me, it's a lot about unplugging. Uh, and just letting my mind kind of, relax, uh, kind of relax and almost re-clink, like reset itself, right? So you go for a four-hour drive, it's kind of like clink, 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 clink like your brain is kind of resetting. And I don't know if – once I do that and you have a good sleep and you wake up the next day and it's like, you know, it, it's all this – all these great ideas start to come. So anyways, that's kind of how I, you know, when you kind of get to those – I don't know those valleys or whatever it is, those tough spots. That's uh, so I, I'm proactive. I think in dealing with them right now. So you know, maybe early on in my career, it kind of gets you down for a day or two. You know, now I think it kind of gets me down for about three hours. And my wife's really good at spotting it, so she'll kick my ass pretty quick. <laughs> yeah,
0: I I have no doubt about that one at all. <laughs> um how about how about confidence? Has your confidence grown Is like like I said, this is not like three startups, four. You're you're seriously into the double digits now. Um, do you have more confidence knowing that when those frustrations come that you will get around it? No, no question.
1: So and it's I think it's a lot just a lot about realizing that it's happening and knowing that you can get through those situations. So it's you know, being proactive um and you know just knowing that you can get through it and uh you know i mean you building a business is and i'm not trying to make light of it like every single business is hard like super hard and everyone has big problems and everyone has to pivot and every everyone has been close to bankruptcy or you know like none have been easy like like none have been easy so you know it's uh but i think uh fear of failure is probably still the biggest motivator uh you know like i i don't want to fail at something so i've got to find a way to figure it out and i think uh you know i hear a lot of people kind of going into business oh if you fail it's okay and you know uh, like, it's like, how are you failing? You know, like, are you, I don't know if you're failing. like you're learning, like you don't have to fail. Uh, there can be another way to kind of look at it or another way to do it. So you always have to figure out a way.
0: I, um, saw a video a couple of days back it was um, Simon Sinek, who I think many people have heard of, you know, the start with why guy. And he was talking about this topic of failing. And he said, you know, everybody says it's okay to fail. He says, I don't think that's true. No. He said, um, it's okay to fall. Yeah, It's not okay to fail. In other words, you shouldn't have these catastrophic things where things just go, you know, you know, destroyed and, and, you know, burned on the ground. He said, instead, you need to figure out a way of taking these steps forward in a way that is controlled in a way that you're not going to absolutely ditch everything that you've worked for, but that you're going to move forward in a way that you will, uh, yeah, you'll fall a little bit, you'll stumble, you'll pick yourself up and you'll move forward. How about you? How do you pick yourself up when you've had a few setbacks? I know Nancy's in the background. She's going to give you that, that <laughs> kick. I, I know what that's all about. Cause my yeah. wife does the same.
1: You know, I think I can, like to me, the best example is back in 2013. We had Cody Party. I think we had 13 franchise locations in Canada. Yeah, we had 26 monster stores. You know, Canada, US. We had just started Cody Mobile. I think we had six franchises, and you know, you know the the story. My son passed away. Yes, in June, as as, as Memorial is coming up, and um, I ended up in bed for nine months. And you want to talk about like easy to fail or like what a time where you want to give yourself permission to fail and i think it's probably the closest i ever came to in my life so we had these three companies i'm in bed for nine months as an entrepreneur you're juggling balls you need energy and you need creativity and you've got to go and literally i can't do anything Uh, all i can do is get out of bed have a hot bath or go for a long walk everything is crumbling around me Uh, every company's losing money. Everybody's getting mad and you know, people are saying go bankrupt. You can rebuild later. And you know, it definitely would have been the easiest thing to do. And I can remember one night I had a friend who was an entrepreneur and I said, can I, I got to talk to you. Can I meet with you at the Starbucks? And we went to the Starbucks. I said, man, I said, I, I I just, I don't know how I'm going to make it through. And you know, close to $2 million and like just. Not good, right? And, and you know, it was, he saved me that time. He said, Steve, we're entrepreneurs. We don't give up. And, like, that literally just flicked a switch. And it's like, yeah, we're entrepreneurs. We don't, like, and I had been talking to bankruptcy lawyers, exploring it, and they're like, you have to go bank. Like, it was just everybody around me was saying it. But I said, no, I'm not, like, I did not give myself permission to give up and uh you know so we sold off the companies did we get what we wanted for them? no they were fire sales but the companies were able to go on the people could go on you know the businesses could go on um would have been easy to just shut it all down but we we just anyways we we came out of it in a different way and you know uh, better the better software company was born out of all that so you know then we found a way to kind of rise up from the ashes a in, in a sense right so yeah, yeah. A lot of
0: It's like it's like
1: you you give yourself permission to give up. Like, don't give yourself permission to give up, and uh, and just but but you can't do it the same way. I could not have continued building those companies the same way. Like, I had to do something drastic uh, to make everything work. That's pivoting, um, and that's what we did.
0: Sounds like you you kind of questioned your identity of who you are when you came around to that thought that no, I'm an entrepreneur and entrepreneurs don't give up. Uh, You just saw yourself differently. And um, so let me ask you the...
1: Sorry, sorry. when you get get that close to the edge of a cliff and you almost jumped, it's never scary going back to the edge of the cliff. Like, you know, when COVID hit or any other big problem hits, it's like, bring it on because nothing's going to go back, you know, to what happened then. So anyways, you no, know, so it's kind of like a muscle, right? You have yeah. that muscle and, uh, and that's a good thing as an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah. Enough of the dark side. Let me ask you on the positive side. What's the biggest cheer you've ever had in all of this 17 startup journey of yours? Oh. I never prepared them for these questions, folks. Yeah. So I'm putting them on the spot.
1: <laughs> you know, Literally somebody just asked me that, like, uh, I was with Larry O'Brien the other night and somebody asked both Larry and I the same, literally the same question, but, yeah. and I think I'm going to answer it the same way. I don't think I answered it the way the person wanted to, but you're a professor at Algonquin. Uh, I left school in, in grade 10, uh, so I didn't have a, a lot of education. And when I was building my lift business, uh, I, wanted to t- I wanted to learn something about marketing. So I went to Algonquin, I, I enrolled in the evening class for marketing, but I told the professor I'm dyslexic, so I'm not, I'm not taking any tests. I'm not going to do the exam. I'm not looking for a credit. I just want to listen and learn. So I went to the marketing class, saw this kid there, a young guy named Rob. And he had a real sparkle in his eye and uh, I said, Rob, what do you do? He said, well, I stock for a grocery store at night. And, uh, I'm like, wow, you should come work with us. I think you'd be good in sales. And anyway, so Rob came over with us and, uh, started working in sales. And I saw, I think it was last month where he celebrated 25 years, I think, at Hertz. Hertz ended up buying us and he's the branch manager. They probably do $25 million a year in business. So here was this kid at marketing class, only because he had a sparkle in his eye, came work for us. We sold to Hertz. He's still there. And he's actually running the, he like, he's running the, and this is a big business, uh, probably doing, like I said, 25 million a year. I don't know that's, a, to me, that feels really good.
0: <laughs> that's good. Right. I love that. Yeah. I had, I had to, it, it, we were going too much on that, on the, you know, what happens when you fall, um, yeah, yeah. had to, had to get some of these great stories coming out. And I, I know you've got them because so many times talking to you in the past, you've had me in stitches, um, I also want to point out that um, you're such a, a, a good natured, humble, down to earth, feet on the ground guy. I asked you to come and talk to my class at Algonquin College, fourth year business students. You came in, you gave them the straight talk, no BS. It was all about this is the way it is. You took questions from them openly. Uh, it, I mean, we're in the pandemic, so it happened by uh, video, but still, I got to tell you, I really appreciate your openness your honesty, your transparency, uh, really do appreciate that in a, in a big way. Um, I have two more questions for you though. Okay. And then we'll see if we've got some questions in the chat. Um, my first question is, do you have any advice? Do you have anything that maybe, uh, you've come across in the last while that you think it might actually benefit people that are listening to the show?
1: Uh, yeah, well, I mean, i oh. I think if you're if you're going to start a business, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, and I talk about it with a lot of people, I, I, to me, it's like, what do you want the outcome to be? Uh, it's amazing how many people start a business and they never really think about what do you want the outcome to be? Like, do you want to be the next Facebook? Uh, you know, do you want to just, do you, do you want better quality of life? Uh, if you want to start at the next Facebook, I mean, you're going to be a slave to that company and you're going to have to make tremendous sacrifices where if you're just you know maybe you're looking for freedom right so um you know so i think a lot of it is when you're starting something think about the outcome and then that'll really help guide you in terms of what do you want to do um next important thing is look you know always find a way like there's always a way so like don't give I hate to say it because I know there are times where you need to give up, but really don't give yourself permission to give up, uh, find a way to make something work. So I think, you know, those are two important things. I I mean, have fun, surround yourself with really good people, have fun and, uh, you know, do what's morally right for you for sure.
0: Yeah. Love that advice. Um, what do you want the outcome to be? It reminds me of something, you know, what started my my journey in professional development was a Dale Carnegie course I took back in the nineties. And I always remember this comment from, I think it was Dale Carnegie um, might have this wrong. He says, uh, or maybe it was uh, Frank um, uh, Stephen Covey, but he says, begin with the end in mind, begin with the end in mind. And I think that that's really what you're saying is like, what is it, where you really want to go here? What do you want to do with this? It's not just getting busy for the sake of being busy, right? There's something that that you want to accomplish here. There's a, there's a bearing that you want to follow. So I think that that's really good. And then, uh, of course the the other, the other advice that you gave is just brilliant as well. If we're not enjoying our journey, why are we even on this? And, uh, that's kind of what it's all about. And, you know, as you and I were talking about again, before we hit the, the button to go live on this thing that's what this is all about let's have some fun let's explore some topics that hopefully benefit other people but let's enjoy the journey let's have some fun with this whole thing yeah, you ready for my up. last sorry. Oh, yeah, last one. i said you have, to, yeah, like, my, you have
1: to wake up and be energized yeah. like you know if yeah, and if, if i'm gonna wake up and i'm not happy i'm out of there like, like yeah you know that's uh I, I i you have to build the life you want right
0: yeah, yeah yeah it's so it's so very true, it. yeah, yeah. In- enjoying the people you're around, enjoying the work that you're doing and all that sort of thing. You know, think uh, that uh, concept Ikigai. I don't know if you've ever heard of this ikigai concept. It's yeah. this Japanese concept that's sort of the the uh, the fuel or the passion for life. and it's a combination of I'll probably forget some of it, but um, what you're good at, uh, what your passion is or what you love doing what the world needs and what pays well and where those four circles intersect, that's your icky guy. Gotcha. And if you're, if you're missing some of that, if you're not in that circle in the middle, you're either doing something that you love and you're going to be poor for the rest of your life. Or, you know, you're, you're making all the money on uh, Bay street and, or, or, on wall street and, uh, you hate what you're doing and you have an empty life. So, um, you know, I think what you're talking about is really a simplified version of Ikigai guy, and, and you're doing a great job of explaining it. My final question for you: you you probably have forgotten it by now. Four years is a long time. The world has changed since then. Here's my question: What does inspired leadership mean to Steve Cody? Inspired leadership. I mean, it's we're going to compare your answers to your last one. Yeah. By the way. <laughs> That. No, I won't do that. I won't do that. I inspired won't press play leadership. on it. Yeah.
1: I, I think inspired leadership is you know if if you can kind of take an idea and like a crazy idea and if you can start telling like strangers, you know your idea and, and those strangers start to like they start to grab onto it and they start to believe and then when they start to believe, you believe more and, you know, and, and you get people inspired and, and get people to follow that vision. I think like that's magical, right? When you can do that, but you have to believe it, like you have to believe it, I think with your entire soul for other people to believe it. And, uh, you know, and that's kind of when we do something, I mean, it doesn't matter what we're doing like I, like Like I believe in what we're doing you know, with my whole soul and I put everything into it and, uh, and you know, other, other people tend to believe in it as well. So, which I'm very, people, fortunate
0: yeah. For. People from the Ottawa area, people who have seen you around, they know this people who are joining us on LinkedIn and on YouTube, people that will listen to this podcast later on, uh, folks, this guy means what he says when he jumps into something, it's more than just with both feet. He jumps in with his entire body, uh, his family, uh, everything that he has, and um, uh, as they say in poker, all in, right? All in, all the time. <laughs> uh What's right. going on? What's going on with bunking? What, what are you doing there? What's what do we have to look forward to? What, what can you tell us?
1: Man, like, yeah, I wish I could tell you everything, but we like we think the idea is so good that we want to remain stealth in with a lot of it. But what I can tell you is. You know, it's all about connecting like-minded people for shared living opportunities. So shared living could be three days at a winery. It could be two weeks on a catamaran, or you could be a student looking to live in student, student housing, you know, for a year. But maybe you're a student that wants to live with your same culture. Maybe you're a student that wants to live with other math students um so it's really kind of about making that entire shared living experience better and i mean if you look at you know shared living it, it, even people that travel uh, hostels 60 percent of people that stay in hostels are women and you know when we've done surveys it's not because they love hostels it's because there's safety in numbers there is no safe place there is no safe way for a, a lady to travel especially if if they're single Um, And our target persona is a lady named Jordan, 27 years old. She's an entrepreneur, and we want to make sure uh, she wants to travel the world and work at the same time. Our job Mm -hmm. is to make sure that Jordan has an absolute, like, can do that with complete confidence, go wherever she wants, whenever she wants, however she wants. And that's what bunking is trying to do. Wow. So right now wow. we're, we're, we're about 12 people, uh, and, uh, we're building the product. We think we're about three months from uh, kind of an MVP, uh, getting it out to the world, um, yeah, it's like super, like it's, it's awesome. And anyways, we're uh, like, we think it's, it's, you know, if you look at Ruckify to me, when we started that, that's where the puck was going and bunking, I think is where the puck is going. Um, and when we did better software, that's where the puck was going, you know? So it's, uh, you know, and again, it's starting with, if you think about you and I could be in the Amazon rainforest and we could be doing this by 20, in 2025, because yeah. Elon Musk is going to have a satellite there to make sure I can have internet. That changes yeah. the world.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I like the Gretzky uh, quote too, hey, skate <laughs> to where the puck is going, not to where it is. <laughs> well, it's counterintuitive, right? And, uh, you know, anybody who's ever played Little League hockey knows this, right? You see the puck, you go towards the puck. You see a, a business opportunity, you go there. Well, if you see somebody who's starting something and you're going there, you're already too late. So you're, I love the analogy of skating to where the puck is going to be. Um, and I think that you're definitely on to that. And I, I kind of wish that we had done this about three weeks from now or three months from now or whatever you said, because uh, it would be great just as you were launching to just get a little bit more of a, a view into that. But I'm sure we'll have you back at some point in time, uh, maybe not four years. That's a long time to wait between wow. these. But I sure do appreciate you coming on here, Steve. Thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely appreciate it. I'm sure everybody who's listening in does as well. Um, You've given us some great advice and really good insight into somebody that just has a different perspective on life, a different perspective on business.
1: Thank you very much for having me on, Terry.
0: Great time. Thank you. my, My pleasure. It is really good to see you again. Folks, thank you very much for uh, tuning in today, listening to us, watching us. Uh, Before I close, I want to make sure that I've just announced what's coming up on our next show. We've got a show coming up in under a week's time. It's going to be on the summer solstice, and that is um, June the 21st at 9.15 a.m. Eastern Time. And uh, we're going to have... One of the most inspiring human resource leaders from a global icon. Michael Rady, the Vice President of Human Resources at PepsiCo, is going to be joining us here on the Inspiring Leaders Podcast, LinkedIn Live, YouTube Live as well as all of those other channels that you know you like to listen to the show on on your drive when you're mowing the lawn when you're doing the dishes however you like to listen to these but uh make sure that you tune in for that and by all means um make sure that you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss these episodes right and uh let other people know that you enjoy if it's if it's working for you we're doing something good Hit that thumbs up. We really appreciate that. Thank you, everybody, for joining in today. Uh, I just want to make sure that everybody knows that you are most welcome to join again. And uh, can't wait to talk to you next time on the Inspiring Leaders podcast. Thank you, everybody. Take care and bye for now.